Welcome to the New Mercies Podcast. This is episode 383, and today we are looking at Psalm 81. This is the Thursday Psalm in the Temple Psalms. Every Thursday in the Temple from the Old Testament into Jesus' day, they would do a daily reading of a psalm. They would sing it. They would chant it out, make sure it was read out loud for all of those to hear. This one is the Thursday psalm. As I've read over it now a few times, there's 16 verses in it. It's beautiful. It's laid out wonderful. It's a psalm of Asaph, who was one of the musicians under King David. And so he was a songwriter as well and just wrote this beautiful psalm. This is one that gives us a hint of what's happened in the past but he's reminding us of how great our God is. So I want to read Psalm 81. We'll just pause throughout it and talk about it a little bit so that you can understand more of what's going on in this day. So Asaph sits down to write this psalm, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, here's what he wrote. Verse number 1 of Psalm 81, Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the noon moon, at the full moon on our feast day. Now, before I go any further, those are three verses. They give us a little bit of history of to where this is and what this is about. I love how it opens up with the word sing. It is a call to action. Sing aloud to the Lord. Shout for joy. Raise a song. Sound the tambourine. He's giving us instruction on what to do. And then he gives us instruction on when to do it. He says, blow the trumpet at the new moon, at the full moon on our feast day. One of the things that is happening is the feasts of the Lord are on display here. One of the things that's amazing, if you think about it, this God of glory who does all of these incredible things, who made everything in the world, who loves and created it all, has all the power, all the authority, is now wanting to commune with us and feast with us. And so he set all these feasts in motion with the people of God, and his heart was to come and feast with us. And if we think about that, this psalm gives us that instruction to not forget that's what God wants to do with us. That's what we need to continue. Now, there's a couple of different festivals and feasts that specifically, I believe, are noted within this psalm. There is the Feast of Trumpets, and there's the Festival of Tabernacles. Those are in the Jewish calendar, and I believe those are kind of where this is set. I don't have a lot of time to jump into that today, but just want to encourage you that God wants to feast with us. He wants to connect with us. He pulls those out of the Jewish calendar and helps us to see there's reasons and there's times that we are to gather together with him. And when we do, it should be a joyful thing. We should be singing and shouting and raising our song and raising our praise to him. The Bible goes on in verse number four, for it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made it a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. Before I run into verse number six, this is the psalmist remembering days, right? God is taking his mind into the history books and saying, do you remember whenever Joseph was taken into the land of Egypt, how Joseph was a deliverer, a great deliverer. But then what happened? The people of Israel became enslaved. So listen to what he says in verse number six. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. That verse means you were slaves, but I relieved all that burden from you. What that basket word means is where they would put the mortar for whenever they would build things. So God is saying, I have freed your hands from that type of work and that type of labor. And then verse number seven, in distress, you called and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. 
That's where God is saying, I brought you out of Egypt, right? I brought you out of Egypt. And what did I do? I gave you the law. I gave you the rule. I gave you the liberties on how to live a holy life that is pleasing to me, that is going to keep you in communion with me, that will keep you close to me. That's my goal. That's what I wanted out of you. And the Bible continues on in verse number eight. Hear, O my people, while I admonish you, O Israel, if you would but listen to me, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. These verses take us right back to the law that he gave as he sent the people out of Egypt. He said, I give you this law so that you would know how to live with me and how to commune with me. And I want to fill you up. That's what I want to do. These laws are not there to hold you down. They're there to fill you up. They're there to give you this beautiful hope and relationship and communion with me. And then it goes on in verse number 11 says, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that the people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. This is the psalmist reminding us that when God told us to do something, we didn't do it. When Israel was delivered out of Egypt, given the law, given the rules on how to live life so that you can be freed from the slavery and yoke of sin that's on your life, and they refused him. And so what did he do? He gave them over to their wicked ways. He gave them over to their stubborn hearts. He says, if people would just walk with me, that's what I want. I want them to walk with me. I want them to experience life with me. But instead, they're not walking in holiness. So because they don't walk in holiness, what else happens? Verse 14, I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. You know what he's saying? If you're not walking in holiness and you come to me and ask me to go to battle for you and destroy your enemies, I'm not going to do it. That's not going to happen. I am God, and I am holy, and I am just, and I want you to live a life of holiness so that you won't stumble when you walk and so that your enemies will fall before you. Because then verse 15 says, Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him, and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of wheat, and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. That's verses 15 and 16, giving us the understanding that God is the one that satisfies us. He not only takes care of us morally whenever we walk in his ways, he takes care of us militarily from our enemies whenever he goes to battle for us. He also gives us material blessings, those things that we need in order to live our life. He would feed us with the finest of wheat. If we would just walk in his ways, things taste better when we're in his will. Things are experienced richer when we're in his will. He's so good. Allow him to live out your life. When they would sing this psalm on the Thursday of the week, we know that Sunday is coming. We know that we're going to start over again next week. But today, take heart, be reminded, it's been a while since we've been in the temple together. It's been a while since we've congregated together as a local congregation so be reminded, God is the one who delivers us. It's God the one who freed us from the hand of slavery. And then it was God who gave us the laws to live our life and enjoy fullness, enjoy connection with Him, and enjoy communion with Him. That's the purpose of those great laws. It's Him that will take care of us. He will give you everything your heart desires. And He just asks that you live in a way that you can commune with Him. 